It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, Pistons fans, we're back. It is another edition of A Wired right here on Pistons.com. Thanks for listening and joining me today as we recap the NBA Summer League and kind of go inside what some of the younger players are thinking, what they're doing, how they're working in the offseason. And we'll do that with Pistons assistant coach DJ Baker, who is one of the lead assistants and one of the head coaches for some of the games in Summer League, which ended last week. The Pistons did a nice job out in Las Vegas. You guys got to see as fans... Some of the young guys progress and get better. Kyrie Thomas, Svee, Bruce Brown, among others. You got a little bit of a snippet of what Sekou could look like. You saw some improvement from some guys trying to make the team, like Matt Costello and Jared Utoff. We'll talk about all that with DJ coming up in a second right here on Wired, brought to you by Jeep. Uh, and we'll get kind of, you know, DJ's over in France right now working with Sekou, so it's very, very interesting. We'll get his perspective on what some of the younger guys um, look like. Great article at Pistons.com. You're going to want to check that out from Keith Langloy from uh, the other day in regards to what the Pistons rotation looks like on July 18th. Uh, and I like how Keith sort of characterizes it. He puts it in four different categories. Uh, the er, the uh, lead pipe locks, and there's five of them that are going to play every night. They're going to be on the roster, going to be out there. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and Derek Rose. Every night, likelies off the bench. Markeith Morris, who you never know, he may start. Tony Snell, another guy that might be a starter. And Bruce Brown. So those are eight. And remember, you can have as many as 15. On the cusp, five guys. Langston Galloway, Thon Maker. Kyrie Thomas, Svi Mikhailuk, and Tim Frazier, the free agent pickup and signee in the offseason and sort of your uh, third-string point guard and, and emergency point guard. And then in the wings, Sekou Dambuya, the team's first-round pick, who I believe the, the club's almost going to redshirt this year. And then to be determined, who would be that last guy on the roster? Uh, there's a lot of, you know, certainly uh, uncertainty about who that last guy could be. Uh, if you look at what the Pistons have done pretty recently in the last few weeks, they've given Matt Costello, at least in the Summer League, every opportunity to be on the squad and maybe even get an opportunity for a two-way contract. Then, on Wednesday, the team claimed forward center Christian Wood, the big guy, who played last year for the New Orleans Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks, 6-10-2-14 out of UNLV off of waivers. Christian Wood averaged eight points a game, four rebounds a game um, in, in 21 games last year. But at the end of the year, in New Orleans' last eight games of the year, when the Pelicans basically had shut down the shop, Wood averaged 17 a game, eight rebounds a game, and one block a game, in 23 minutes a game. And then they let him go. Undrafted big guy out of UNLV that's been with Philly, Charlotte, Milwaukee, and New Orleans. Christian Wood's only 23 years of age. Maybe that's your backup center or third big man or however you want to put it in this day and age of, of positionless basketball. So Christian Wood is a guy you might be able to add to the mix. Came on at the end of the year last year, and the Pistons will give him a look. Let's bring him in right now, DJ Baker, Pistons assistant coach. We told you we were going to talk to him here on Wired. Over in France right now, working with the Pistons' first-round pick and also was part of that summer league staff that did an excellent job. DJ, thanks for a couple of minutes. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me on. How's France? 
I, you know, it's good. It's uh, it's my first time here. Uh, I'm trying to pick up on my uh, on my French so I can communicate with some of the locals here when try to go get some food or something. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's great. Very very good setup. Uh, excited to be out here working with Seku and uh, you know good experience from a cultural standpoint as well. So it's uh, it's been very good. So you're kind of in charge of him. I know last year you were in charge of, of Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas and some of the rookies. Tell, tell the fans a little bit about this role and, and what specifically you're doing. Yeah, so um, obviously a very heavy emphasis for myself uh, on player development. We have a staff here uh, of a couple guys. and um, Our goal really is to understand where these guys are coming into this summer, uh, you know, learning them, you know, learning who Sekou is and uh, kind of assessing him, spending a lot of time with him on the floor, and then looking at, um, you know, what these guys need to do to improve to be successful in their roles, you know, from Bruce to Kyrie to Spee, uh, and now this year's rookie with Sekou. Um, really just learning their games, understanding who they are from a personal and a professional standpoint. And, uh, and then again, it's, it's my job to, uh, you know, work with the, work with the guys and, uh, you know, make sure that they develop on the court, uh, in a way that fits our team and a way that fits them from a positional standpoint. And then obviously individually trying to expand their game as much as we can. You know, fans ask all the time because it was draft night and it's exciting and it's a first-round pick. But, the, DJ, you know this, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. A lot of these guys are not going to make an impact in year one and may not in year two. So many of them now are developmental that it's it's not like the old days. I mean, when you look at Sekou, is that, is that pretty accurate? I mean, you know, it's – yeah, you're right. Like, the guys that are coming out are mo- – are, much younger you know they're probably less developed because they've spent less time whether it be at the collegiate level or you know in Sekou's case playing overseas obviously for fewer years than if he came out and he was 22 years old so uh in terms of uh them being as groomed and matured uh as maybe they once were I could definitely see where it's probably viewed as more of a developmental standpoint but you know the guys are coming out now. Uh, you know they've been they're they're very focused on basketball at a young age, I think. And um, I mean they're they're still extremely high level players. And again, like you said, the, the league's getting younger each year. The guys that are coming out, the age of the players that are being drafted. Um, so from that standpoint, they're probably not as fundamentally sound or as developed as they once were. So there's. I think that's why there's probably a heavy emphasis on the player development piece of it. And I would say with Seiku, something that you get excited about is his age of only being 18. And, uh, you know, he had a very, very successful professional career over here in France the last three years and uh, was able to do some great stuff. And now, uh, you know, there's another level that's going to need to be, uh, you know, there for him as he transitions into the NBA. So uh, his personal development from an on-court standpoint is uh, for sure. It's, it's, it's a massive part. That's why, that's why I'm over here right after Vegas right now. 
DJ Baker with me, Pistons assistant coach in France with Sekou Dumboya. Uh, or Dumbuya. I, I, I mess his name up every time. Let me ask you this. <laughs> DJ, let me ask you this. Is, is this Dwayne Casey telling Seku, we're we're sending one of our assistants over to work with you? Was this Seku saying, I want to do this? How does that process uh, play out? I mean, at his age, you, you know, he's got to learn what it takes to be a pro. Um, you know, so a lot of it is from an organization standpoint of, hey, this is what we need you to do. This is what we are going to do. I think organizationally, we try to give him every resource possible to grow, to succeed, uh, to get accustomed with our system and style of play. So there's certainly, this, these things get set up as, an or, as the organization takes the initiative. But with him, I mean, I think he got drafted. The draft was on a Thursday, and he was in Detroit on Friday. Right. And we worked out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, the whole entire following week up until we left for uh, for Summer League in Vegas. So he's a guy, he's a great kid, a great worker. He wants to be coached, he wants to improve, he wants to be in the gym. And um, and so, yeah, the, organizationally, from a logistical standpoint and giving him a plan of attack of how we're going to improve him, that's how it's set up. But in terms of his, you know, excited, you know, his, his excitement to learn the game and, you know, be accustomed to our system and how we do things, I, I'm, you know, he's very welcoming of it as well. But organizationally, yes, you try to give a guy a plan of attack and get him accustomed to your system and and how things are done, you know, as quickly as possible. How, how far ahead is Kyrie Thomas from Seku? And I know they're kind of different players, but you, you guys need wing help. It's not a secret. Uh, fans want the instant gratification. DJ, as you know, they want to see guys right away. It's not how it works. Kyrie Thomas had that yeah. big. Kyrie had that big first game uh, in Vegas when he dropped twenty six. But how you know? Let me. How far ahead is Kyrie Thomas from? from this year's first-round pick? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say how far ahead. I mean, when you look at the two guys, obviously they're, they're two completely uh, – their games are very different. And, um, you know, we're still getting to know uh, Seiku. Uh, but Kyrie is, is, from an off-court standpoint, extremely professional – understands the level of preparation. He's a little bit older. I believe he's 22 years old. He played at Creighton. Um, you know, so he's, he's obviously he's, he's more polished and further along in terms of understanding uh, the NBA and probably being groomed for it. Uh, he had a very, very good summer league. He understands the level of work that needs to be put in. I think he's one thing that is a great strength of his. Uh, you know, he's not 6'9 and super fast and athletic, although he does have athleticism and he's quick. He's not some really oversized wing. The thing that makes Kyrie very good is he's very sound fundamentally with playing with discipline, playing within himself. He obviously can shoot it extremely well. Um, 
you know, he, he, he makes great decisions uh, with the ball and off the ball. So he has a great sense of who he is, how to play, and from a maturity standpoint, just the level of work that needs to go in. And he's extremely coachable. That's the one thing they both have in common. They both are extremely coachable. They both want to get better. And Seku, he's more raw, right? Like he has he has a greater size, right. greater athleticism. Um, but he's not – he doesn't really understand from a mental standpoint uh, the approach, uh, you know, the NBA level, kind of the, the – the understanding of the NBA speed of play and physicality. Uh, he's still understanding what a work ethic is and what it looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, and fundamentally, from a shooting and passing and dribbling standpoint, um, listen, both of these guys are extremely good, and, and they both have a baseline of why they're with us and in their situation. But with Sekou being at 18, he's more fundamentally raw than Kyrie is, who's a few years older than him and obviously has a year of NBA experience. Uh, even if he didn't play a tremendous amount, just a year of going through training camp and playing in the G League and uh, practicing with our guys, you know, you just, you get a, you get much, much improve, uh, improved from, from those reps and going through a year in the NBA so I think from that off-court and mental standpoint, you know, you get that one year of growth, and then, hey, you're still practicing against high-level NBA players every day. So they're very, very different. They have some similarities, like I said, in terms of their work ethic and uh, their approach and, uh, you know, their coachability. Uh, but then style of play, you know, you're probably looking at Kyrie doing some things that uh, – Say cool, you know, we would put him in different situations than we would probably put Kyrie. So um, excited about both guys. Both guys are are talents that we're looking to develop and uh, we believe can have an impact on our team in the future. And, um, you know, so a a little bit different, but that's kind of the breakdown of, you know, the difference of a 22-year-old and, you know, a guy coming from overseas that, you know, is 18 years old. You want to win every game in the summer league. You guys were very successful, made the final four, and uh, you know made the championship round and all that stuff, and lost in the semis. And Bruce Brown didn't play in that Saturday game, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, Bruce Brown had a triple double. Why isn't he playing?" It, it wasn't necessarily about winning and losing, was it, DJ? It was. It was about the development, and you guys wanted to. You probably had already seen what you needed to see from Bruce, and I know that you also don't want to get him hurt either, right? Yeah, I mean. You know, in terms of the winning part, I think, uh, you know, in season, summer league, five-on-five uh, five pickup games, from a coaching standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, you definitely want to see a level of preparation and a high level of competitiveness and drive to perform well, you know, regardless of what time of the year it is. So I think fighting to win and being competitive to win is something you want to encourage and that we want to see from the guys. But at the same time, understanding um, we're trying to put guys in new situations where we, hey, we've drilled things, we've worked on things, we've watched film on things, and 
we want to see what comes about it from guys playing in these new positions of, you know, Bruce playing more point guards, V playing more point guards, Kyrie, you know, getting some catch-and-shoot opportunities off the move, playing some second-side pick-and-roll. Um, you know, so that, that for sure, big-picture-wise, is the emphasis of, uh, you know, where we see those three guys, what we're looking for, those three guys, and obviously, you know, Seku and, you know, some of the other guys in the program. But, um, yeah, that, that's certainly right. You know, in, in the heat of the game, all you're thinking about is winning as a coach. You know, you're not you're not thinking big picture. You're thinking about how to win that game. But at the same time, okay, let's put these guys in situations uh, from a player development standpoint of see how do they do with their decision-making? How do they do with their shooting? How do they do by leading in huddles and leading on the floor and, and communicating with guys? So um, there's definitely a bigger picture to it. Um you know, a lot of things we were very happy with and impressed with uh, from all three guys. And um, so, yeah, I think in the moment you want to win, but going into the summer league, you understand, hey, let's see a level of uh, competitiveness and will to win, uh, but understanding, hey, let's see how they, they perform in these new positions and situations. And to put a guy in a brand-new situation for an NBA season you got to see it in the summer first. Like yeah, we're yeah. not just going to, you know, Bruce is not just going to play backup point guard or get some minutes at the point guard in an NBA season, and we've never seen it before. Well, so that, that's that's, that's important. I was going to interrupt you. That that's why I think you know people say, well, wait a minute, they've got Reggie Jackson still under contract, uh, Derek Rose, Tim Frazier, so. You know, would Bruce play in that situation? But, again, the game has changed, right? It's almost positionless basketball, and just because he's not listed as a point guard or he's maybe he's on the floor with Reggie, he can still bring the ball up once in a while, right? Absolutely. I mean, the more versatile that uh, the guys on the floor are for you, you know, for us, I mean, we pushed the ball one through five. You saw last year Andre would get the rebound and push, push the break. Blake would do the same. Luke would do the same. Reggie, I mean, there's times where we had four-plus ball handlers on the floor. And being comfortable to do that, you know, obviously we could play with a higher level of pace. You play against an unset defense. You know, there will be cross matchups in transition if you can do that. So there's a tremendous amount of benefit to having multiple hand uh, ball handlers and multiple playmakers multiple guys that can play pick and roll. Um, so for sure, I, I think from uh, what you said, positionless basketball, the versatility to have a number of ball handlers that coach and the staff and our team feel comfortable with, uh, it's, it's only a positive. It's only a positive. DJ Baker, Pistons assistant coach over in France, uh, working with Sekou right now, joining me here on Wired, the Pistons podcast, brought to you by Jeep. I'm a big Svi Mikhailuk fan. I loved him at Kansas. Hit some very big shots. Um, I know you've worked with him. Are we going to see him this year? Because I, I think that's a guy that can really help. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy with the progress that was made uh, from the season. And, and again, taking a step back, 
he came in, you know, he didn't join our our uh, our team, our organization till February. So he only had about two and a half months uh, to end the season with and um, to get accustomed to who we were, for us to learn more about him and where he fits in, uh, and just his teammates and the staff just getting to know each other on a personal level. Uh, now we've had more time with them. You know, we've been with them since the season's ended. And uh, I think you've got to be happy with the progress that has been made and some of the signs that he showed in summer league. For him, consistency will be huge, uh, continuing to feel comfortable in the system. But from a talent standpoint, he's got great size. Obviously, his ability to, uh, you know, his shot-making ability is, is extremely high. He can handle it. He can play pick and roll. He's a willing passer. He has a good feel for the game. He really does. And, um, again, we talk about versatility on the floor. Of If he plays a 2-3 or if you're playing small and you can put him at the 4 even, um, you know, that's another guy on the floor that can shoot it, that can lead the break, uh, that will make the right play, won't play selfish, will make the right pass. And so from a talent level and, and some of the, the areas of growth that he's uh, made progress in in the last, especially, I was, you know, the last two and a half, three months since the season has ended, uh, very happy with the progress. And now, all right, now we're in the second half of summer. You have July, August, and then going into September. Uh, let's continue to grow. Let's continue to progress like you did the, the last two months. So, uh, very encouraged. Again, he's a guy, very coachable. That, that's the one overarching theme with our young group and the players that have been brought in by the organization. Their coachability and their passion for the game and their drive to improve uh, and get better uh, individually and within the system is, is very positive. So I think there's probably a lot to be excited about with speed. I think he's a great talent and uh, with great size and he was able to show some of that throughout summer league and um, the progress that he made uh, is really really encouraging no question about it you got to build the team a little bit differently in Detroit than other places and and, and you know this uh, DJ you know the, the whole summer's been about you know Durant and Kyrie and, and Kawhi and the super teams and, and all this stuff but you look at the Pistons and you see a, a roster that's pretty full. It's a lot of young guys. You mentioned it. We've already talked about Kyrie Thomas, Bruce Brown, Svee, Sekou. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Thon Maker. That there, there's there's young guys there that you hope that I, it, it almost appears like you build it where you throw a bunch of things up against the wall and hope a few stick. Then you add those young pieces to to the veterans. But it's a different way of building than than this whole super team stuff. And it, it's got to be a little bit. Uh, I think it emphasizes for you and the assistants how important your roles are, right? Yeah, I mean, the, um, you know, growing, you know, internally in terms of the development of the young guys is a critical piece for us as an organization. Uh, something that makes my job extremely exciting and, uh, you know, challenging and you feel a certain level of responsibility to the organization in a very positive way of, hey, 
they're bringing in guys that want to work. So it makes my job obviously much easier because these guys are coachable. They want to improve. They want to be in the gym. But like you said, you know, for now understanding, hey, we have we have some very high level elite, you know, stars in the NBA and Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and uh, we got some some great veterans as well to go along with those guys. But um, so you know, it's not a market where hey, we don't have any elite players. We still have a number of uh, high level NBA basketball players, but. With that being said, to your point, uh, the ability to develop from within is extremely important organizationally and uh, obviously to our coaching staff. And it's in a way, you're saying a guy like a Luke Kennard, um, a Bruce Brown, you know, the, the, these young guys we've talked about, these are our free agents that they come back as different players, as different people. Um, that there's a level of growth that happens over the four-month period in the offseason. So uh, I definitely agree with you. I hear what you're saying. It, it certainly makes the job uh, exciting and challenging. You feel the responsibility. Uh, but it makes, for me, that's what drives me to, you know, work with these guys, yeah. put them in positions to succeed, communicate them. I mean, I think, um, you know, there, there's a certain level that goes into this planning and preparation as opposed to just going out there and and uh, working, hey, let's go get a workout in. You know, like once the season ended and they take off their appropriate time, you know, there's a very detailed well thought out and intentional workout plan and progression week by week for each player um, what we want to see them accomplish and how we see them growing and we meet and we communicate as a coaching staff and organizationally we meet so there's alignment in the direction that we are going with each player and my job is to execute on the direction that we are going of where we see this player going, where we want to see this player grow. And for me, being on the piece of, hey, on the communication piece, on the meeting piece, on, hey, let's let's be organizationally aligned on the direction that we're taking this guy. And then Coach Casey, uh, you know, Ed Stefanski, you know, kind of giving us the rope to say, okay, go get the job done. For me, that's an extremely exciting situation. And, uh, again, a tremendous amount of responsibility and hard work goes into it. Uh, that's why, you you know, you go to Vegas for, you know, 15 days and you go home for two days and you fly to France to, <laughs> you know, make sure, you know, our draft pick, you know, he gets better this week. And we have our other developmental coaches you know, are with other players right now, and then we bring guys together, you know, that want to work out together. So, um, you know, it happens in many different ways how things are executed, but in terms of the planning and the attention to detail and the vision that we have for each guy individually and how they fit in within our system, uh, that piece of it is exciting, but then getting to work with those guys to execute that plan and then when you actually see them grow 
like you did in summer league when you work when you have a plan then you work on it day in and day out with the guy and you put in the sweat and you put in the time and you put in the film study and then you see him grow in those areas i think there's there's uh there's nothing more gratifying for me as a player development coach uh than that process right there no question about it. All right, DJ, love talking to you, man. Uh, appreciate the time and safe travels home. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. Really appreciate it. Great guy. Love talking to him. There are the thoughts of assistant coach DJ Baker entering his second year under Dwayne Casey and working with a lot of the Pistons' uh, young players, wing players, um, and really everybody. And I love the fact that he kind of took us inside of what's going on here. They draft Seku. It's not like, hey, we're going to draft you. You're in summer league, and then you got some time off. They sent DJ Baker to France, where Seku was living, and they're working out with him and working him out right now, getting him ready for the season. Um, but again, that's a young player that I know was drafted 15, but you got to feel like at age 18, unless he blows them away during training camp in the preseason, will likely be a guy that sits out, really, the first year and lets some of these other guys ahead of him play. But to, you know, to, to, to DJ's point and to my point about the roster, you know, the, the Pistons are going to have to, you know, find some of these younger guys, throw them all against the wall and hope a few stick. What if Kyrie Thomas becomes, I'm not saying he's going to become a big-time player, but what if Kyrie Thomas becomes better than Langston Galloway and becomes more valuable and is better both offensively and defensively? He's going to play. The team needs help out on the wing. The team needs shooters. Let's say Thomas and Svee start knocking down shots. Then Kennard gets better. Sky's the limit for this team. They get a, a whole lot better, and they don't have to rely on Blake Griffin every single night to have to carry them like he did last year. So uh, I think it's a good problem to have that the Pistons have a, long, a log jam at that young wing position and see which guys can come out of it and, and earn some minutes. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. All right, that's Wired for another week right here on Pistons.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks to DJ Baker, Pistons assistant coach, for joining me, Matt Derry. We'll talk to you again soon.